looked at some good works, things that we are to be doing, things we could focus on doing and thinking about doing in, in our service to God and in uh, members of a local congregation. And one of those things uh, was from James uh, 149 and I mean 127, uh, where it talks about pure religion, uh, pure and undefiled religion is this to visit uh, orphans and widows in their need. And I wanted to look at another part of that verse this morning about uh, what James tells us there uh, is involved with pure and undefiled religion before God. And that's the last part. It says, and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And so that's going to be the topic, I guess, you know, again, this will kind of fall in line with, okay, we've begun a new year. What are things we can are to be doing and, and things we need to look out for and, and, and actions we need to be taking. And again, this morning, uh, going to look at keeping ourselves unspotted from the world, uh, that that is something us as Christians here are told that we're to do. Uh, that's, that's part of what God looks at as, as being pure and undefiled religion. And so there's two things, uh, at least I think, two things there that we can develop and think about and consider in in that last part of that verse. Uh, the first is this idea of spotless, uh, that that is something Christians are supposed to be, and, and we're not going to focus a whole lot of time on that because we've had several lessons that, that I think we've talked about that. When you think about spotless, what are we talking about? We're talking about holiness. We're talking about blamelessness, uh, those type things. Basically, no sin, no charge could be brought against us. Uh, and so... Uh, that is one of the things we're going to look at. The other thing that I want to try to focus a little bit more time on is the idea of keeping oneself or keeping ourselves. And what, what would that be? Uh, when I think about that uh, in, in application in my life and, and as we consider that, to keep ourselves is, is to be watchful, uh, to guard ourselves, to be sure that we're doing these things. And so we're going we're gonna to look at some passages and develop that that idea also uh, but but again uh, the first thing or first part I want to talk about is this idea of spotless uh, this akin to being blameless uh, being holy free of guilt uh, innocent no charge of sin can be brought against us uh, those type things and and this is a concept that we see throughout the Bible uh, even back in in the time of Job uh, we see the same idea or concept in Job chapter 11. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. I'm going to have to sing my song to find it. Job chapter 11. <clears throat> uh, this is just a couple passages just to show that this idea of spotless or blameless is, is really uh, been around all time uh, since creation. But Job 11, chapter, uh, chapter 11, verse 15. Uh, really, just so you can see the context, look at starting in verse 13. It says, If you would prepare your heart and stretch out your hands toward him, if iniquity were in your hand and you put it far away, it would not let wickedness dwell in your tents, then surely you could lift up your face without spot. Yes, you could be steadfast and not fear. Okay, so again, this is back and forth in the conversation between Job and his friends, and we see this concept of being without spot. 
uh, even back in their their time. Uh, as you move on through time, you look at Leviticus, uh, the children of Israel. We see in Leviticus chapter 11, verses 44 and 45. Uh, this is this is part of, I believe, what Peter quotes uh, later in the New Testament. But this concept of being holy because God is holy in Leviticus chapter 11 says, starting in verse 44, For I am the Lord your God, you shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth, for I am the Lord your God, who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. For you shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. So again, that charge, and, and Peter quotes that and repeats that uh, to us as, as Christians in the New Testament. Uh, and and really, in the New Testament, we've got a lot of verses that tell us that. They, they speak of this idea of being blameless, uh, of being spotless or unspotted. Um, <clears throat> look in Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 14. There we Evan read uh, at the Lord's Supper that where where Peter I believe uh, talks about being holy because God is holy. But but here Peter again is saying the same thing. Second Peter three fourteen. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace, without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to his wisdom given to him, has written to you. Okay, so here again, Peter giving this charge to us as Christians uh, to be found by God without spot and blameless, to be found in peace. That would that would make us uh, in peace with God. Also in Second Corinthians chapter seven, another place we find this idea of Christians uh, being blameless or holy without spot. Second Corinthians. Chapter 7, verse 1. It says, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And so here, Paul, uh, giving this instructions to the Corinthians, talking about cleansing ourselves in flesh and spirit. So in the, in the, that's the, I guess our body, the things that we do, and in our mind, you know, get get those filthy things, those sinful things out out of us, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Ephesians chapter four is the other passage I wanted to read. Just considering again that that this is a requirement for God's people that we be blameless, spotless, holiness, uh, all of those things. Ephesians chapter four, starting in verse twenty. It says, But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that you may that and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so again the same thing. And those are all all those passages are really 
speaking to the individual Christian uh, per se. Uh, but we see in, in, if you'll flip over a page to Ephesians chapter 5, we see that that's God's same desire for his church. Um, look at 5.27. Uh, we, we read this in Bible class. Um, but 5.27, it says that he may present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. And so, again, that is God's desire uh, for us as a group, uh, not only individually, but us as a group. Uh, a glorious church, not having spots or wrinkles. And so, again, this idea of, of spotless or not keeping oneself unspotted from the world it comes really back to us, even if you consider that passage as a church. Well, a church is made up of what? Individual Christians. And so the the spots or blemishes that a church would have would go back to individual Christians a lot of times. Uh, and, and so we all have this charge to, to not be that way and to overcome those things. And really, we all understand that these are sins and we understand what James tells us about sin that it comes from what our temptations and that our temptations are a result of our desires and so <clears throat> in just developing this how how do we keep ourselves from these spots um you know to kind of start looking at that uh let's let's start thinking about that in that way well jesus gives us instructions about that uh matthew chapter 6 in verse 33, Matthew 6:33, that's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. He tells us to do what there? To seek first the kingdom of God. There he says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Okay, so that that's what we're supposed to be seeking. That's what we're supposed to be after. Um, Romans chapter 8 and verse 6. Again, we're, we're starting to kind of move from, okay, yeah, God requires us to be spotless or blameless. How do we keep ourselves that way? So we're, we're looking at how can we do that. Romans chapter 8 and verse 6 says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he's not his. Okay, so... What do we see there in Romans 8? Uh, one thing, and we're going to look at another passage about being carnally minded versus spiritually minded. That to be pleasing to God, to, to not have these spots, to be able to understand God's will and to serve Him, we have to have a spiritual mind. Just like Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God. We need to be focused on those spiritual things. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, <clears throat> uh, Paul again says the same thing about carnal uh, versus spiritual. First Corinthians chapter 3, starting in verse 1, Paul says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able. 
For you are still carnal, for where there are envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Okay, so again, Paul making that illustration of if you're carnally minded, if you're focused on these earthly things, worried about earthly things, uh, not focused on the spiritual things, you're not going to be able to serve God. Uh, you're not going to be able to grow the way God expects us and wants us to grow uh, in knowledge and in faithfulness to him. That was the problem Paul was was talking to the Corinthians about. He couldn't even talk to them about growing because they were still carnal. So uh, for us as Christians, to be able to serve God, to be able to keep ourselves unspotted from the world, another thing we can see besides seeking first the kingdom of God is being sure we have uh, a spiritual mind. First John 2.15 uh, goes back to what we were talking about our temptations and our temptations come uh, from our desires and so what does first john 2 15 tell us about our desires it says do not love the world or the things in the world if anyone loves the world the love of the father is not in him <clears throat> for all that is in the world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the father but is of the world and the world is passing away and the lust of it but he who does the will of God abides forever. And so, again here, thinking about our desires, are they for the world? Are we seeking the things of the world? Uh, if so, we're going to have trouble keeping ourselves unspotted from it. Uh, but if we're seeking the spiritual things, our desires are for spiritual things, we'll be much more successful and, and able to, um, to keep ourselves unspotted and, and avoid those temptations and, and not give in to sin. You know, understanding uh, and applying these principles that we've been talking about is really uh, foundational and, and essential in our ability to be faithful to God. Uh, and so, obviously, we understand that sin is, is the thing that can can separate us from God and does separate us from God. That's why we have all these passages about being sure we're diligent to be spotless, uh, blameless, and, and that we're uh, focusing on being faithful to Him. And so I wanted to, the, the rest of the lesson, talk about uh, really the idea of keeping ourselves. Again, I mentioned at the beginning, in my mind, this is watchfulness. Uh, it's preparedness. It's guarding ourselves and, and our our theme that what are we guarding ourselves from, from the things of the world, from the things that tempt us, the things that cause us to sin, things that would cost us our soul. And so I wanted to look at several passages that talk about and show us uh, this, this theme of keeping ourselves as something that's godly and something that God expects us to do and, and to be careful that we are keeping ourselves, that we are being watchful and prepared, and then we'll try to maybe make a few um, applications at the end. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 4. <clears throat> Deuteronomy chapter 4. They're talking to the Israelites and thinking about keeping ourselves or watchfulness, uh, guarding ourselves. Look at what, what uh, they were told there in verses 1 through 10. It says, now, O Israel, listen to the statutes and judgments which I teach you to observe that you may live and go in to possess the land which the Lord God of your fathers has given you. 
You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Your eyes have seen what the Lord did at Baal Peor, for the Lord your God has destroyed from among you all the men who followed Baal of Peor. But you who held fast to the Lord your God are alive today, every one of you. Surely I have taught you statutes and judgments, just as the Lord my God commanded me, that you should act according to them in the land which you go to possess. Therefore be careful to observe them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the peoples who will hear all these statutes and say, Surely this is a great nation, or surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what great nation is there that God, that has God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us? For whatever reason we may call upon him. And what great nation is there that has such statutes and righteous judgments as are in this law which I set before you this day? Only take heed to yourselves and diligently keep yourself. Okay, so that's what we're talking about, keeping ourselves. Take heed and diligently keep yourselves, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren, especially concerning the day you stood before the Lord your God in Horeb, which the Lord said to me, Gather the people to me, and I will let them hear my words, that they may learn to fear me all the days they live on the earth, and that they may teach your children. And so... Again, that was God's charge to the Israelites that they keep themselves uh, lest they forget the things that they knew, the things that they had seen, uh, these commandments that they had been given. And that's the same uh, for us today. If you turn to Proverbs chapter 4, one more Old Testament passage here. Proverbs chapter 4. Um, if you can bear with me, I'm gonna, this is just a, the whole chapter is good. So if you'll just bear with me, we'll, we'll read it. It says, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father, and give attention to no understanding. For I give you good doctrine. Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me, and he said to me, Let your heart retain my words. Keep my commandments and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all your getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place your head on your head an ornament of grace. A crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, and receive my sayings. And the years of your life will be many. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in the right paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction and do not let go. Keep her, for she is life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of evil. Avoid it and do not travel on it. Turn away from it and pass on. Okay, so just to pause for a minute, thinking about keeping ourselves, what are some instructions there from, from Solomon about not entering the path of the wicked and not walking uh, in the way of evil? And then in verse 15, avoid it, do not travel on it. So again, that's, in my mind, part of what we're going to talk about, keeping ourselves is staying away, uh, avoiding those things that may lead us uh, down the wrong path. 
Verse 16, it says, They do not sleep unless they have done evil, and their sleep is taken away unless they make someone fall. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the just is like a shining sun that shines brighter unto the perfect day. The way of the wicked is like darkness. They do not know what makes them stumble. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all the flesh, to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it the spring out of it spring the issues of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth and a perverse lips put far from you. Let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. Remove your foot from evil. Okay, so really those last seven or eight verses there uh, really, in my mind, speak to this idea of, of what we're talking about, keeping ourselves or, or being watchful, being careful about getting involved with things that may lead us to evil or things that may do us harm. Um, verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. Um Verses 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and your eyelids look right before you. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Again, Solomon encouraging his son there to, to think about what you're doing, the actions you're doing, and where is that going to take you? What is that going to lead towards? Uh, and, and that's what we're talking about when we consider keeping ourselves or being watchful or prepared or guarding ourselves uh, from, from things that, that do us spiritual harm. In the New Testament, <clears throat> we see this concept of, of guarding ourselves, of being watchful and prepared, of keeping ourselves. We see it over and over again, every which way you want to you wanna look at it. or you know, uh, The Word of God is so neat to me that it, it pleads with us from various angles and various ways, and, and it'll say something one way, and it'll say the same thing another way, trying to get at us from every angle that it can to help us see and understand, uh, to warn us and teach us those those things that we need to know. Um, and the same is true about this topic we're looking at this morning. In Matthew chapter 25, thinking about watchfulness and preparedness, um, you know, you've got the parable of the wise and foolish virgins there. And, and what was Jesus teaching? We're not going to take the time to read that parable, but what was he teaching there? Was he just uh, telling a story about uh, ten wise people and ten foolish people? It wasn't. It, the, the lesson that he's trying to get across there is the ones that were called wise were what? They were prepared. Uh, they had done the things they needed to do. They had been careful. They had been watchful. They were ready and prepared um, you know, you, you could even think about it. They had guarded themselves or, or had been careful about being sure they had what they needed. Um, they had stayed awake and were ready. So, <clears throat> First Corinthians chapter 9. Look at that. First Corinthians 9, verse 24. Thinking about watchfulness and preparedness. Here, um, Paul's coming at it from the angle of, of a runner who runs in a race. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? 
run in a way that you may obtain it. Okay, so he's saying do it in a way that you're going to be successful. Everyone who competes for the prize is what is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others I myself should be disqualified. And what's Paul telling them there? He's saying this this life of serving God as a Christian is going to require focus. It's going to require temperance. It's going to require us uh, running this race uh, focused, not with uncertainty. You, you've got a goal that you are certain you're focused on. You're certain about the things that you need to do to achieve that goal. Uh, and in verse 27, he says he disciplines himself to bring it into subjection. You know, he's doing the things he has to do to protect himself to be sure he's faithful to God, those type things, uh, lest he becomes disqualified. And and the same thing is is true for us. You know, part of this striving for faithfulness or striving to be pleasing to God is temperance, and it is disciplining our disciplining ourselves. It is thinking ahead, uh, considering the paths of our feet, like we read in Proverbs. You know, all of those things uh, are what we need to be doing. First Peter chapter two. This is part of what we already read this morning. 1 Peter chapter 2, <clears throat> starting in verse 11. It says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak as evildoers, against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Uh, and so again, Peter here, the ones he's writing to and, and to us, begging that they abstain from fleshly lust. What does it mean to abstain? Does that mean uh, to teeter-totter close to it but not get involved with it? That's, that's not what I think of when I think of abstain. Uh, when I think of abstain, I think of staying away from something. Uh, and, and I think that's what God expects us to do, to stay away from those fleshly lusts because they war against our soul. Again, consider what they're doing to us. 1 Thessalonians is another passage where we see this idea of abstaining. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Starting in verse... Let's see. You could read really starting in verse 1, but, but look at the conclusion that he's getting to or, or one of the, the things that he's telling there in verse 22, to abstain from every form of evil. Uh, and then follows that up in verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself, himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, and so part of this how we're preserved blameless is that we're abstaining from every form of evil. Things uh, that are evil, we're staying away from. Uh, and so, <clears throat> again, you could, and I, I believe this passage probably has been taken uh, maybe too far. To I mean, everybody probably thinks 
some things are evil and some things are not. You know, the evil that's being talked about here are things that God defines as evil, things that we know God is not pleased with. We need to stay away from those things, uh, far, far away from them. Look at Romans uh, chapter 13. Romans chapter 13. starting in verse 11. It says, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly, as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Okay, and so verse 14 goes perfectly into what we're talking about, keeping ourselves. What, what is Paul saying there when he's, when he's making the, the statement there to make no provision for the flesh? That means don't do things that are going to cause you to get involved in sin or going to lead you to sin, uh, that are going to, uh, I guess allow you or, or tempt you to fulfill these lusts of the flesh or these sinful things that God wants us to, to put away and to not have a part of. <clears throat> you know, Jesus says the same thing uh, in, a, in another way in Mark chapter 9. If you'll flip back to Mark 9, you know, thinking about making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. And we're talking about keeping ourselves or guarding ourselves from things that, that tempt us or, or from things that lead to sin. Mark 9 and verse 42 says, But whoever causes one of these things to believe in, one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he was thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better for you to enter into life maimed rather than having two hands, to go to hell into the fire that shall never be quenched, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. You can keep reading there. He says the same thing over and over two or three more times. If your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. If your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. The, the theme is, what it, the point Jesus is saying there is, it's better to enter into life maimed it's better to give up these things, to cut off these things, to stay far away from anything that would lead you to sin. Uh, that is better than to end up in hell after judgment. And so, again, I think Jesus is saying the same thing there uh, that Paul's saying about making no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You know, it, it goes hand in hand there. And so we have to make this, this conscience effort to protect ourselves, right? That, that's what we're really doing. We're, we're, if we're going to keep ourselves, we have to consciously decide to do that, or we need to do that. It'll help us to do that. If Otherwise, we're going to accidentally stumble off into sinful things. And so when I think about making this conscious decision uh, to, to protect ourselves, you know, that, that could be called putting up protective walls or hedges. Uh, and again, we're not talking about uh, uh, making laws or making commandments that God uh, necessarily hasn't made. We're talking about considering our path, right? That's what that's what I'm talking about. Considering our path, 
If I know something's going to lead to sin, I need to stay away from it. If I know something's going to tempt me, I need to stay away from it. If I know something is causing my mind to think in a wrong direction, in a carnal way, uh, in a way that uh, causes me to love the world or to have lust for the things of the world, I need to to back away from those things, guard myself from those things uh, to protect my soul. And, you know, that's that's a concept we do for our kids. Those of us who are parents can relate to that easily. I mean, we do that all the time for our kids. You know, we, we constantly warn them not to go too fast. You know, uh, don't get too close. You know, you can't hang out with these people because it may be a bad influence or those people will pull you away. You know, constantly over and over, things that like that we do with our kids, we need to, to examine ourselves and, and think about what we do as adults and what that may lead us to and and be careful and, and protect ourselves from the things that can do us harm. You know, they teach the same concept uh, in in these rehabilitation places like the Pines. You know, a lot of times they call them triggers, you know, and, the, and they're teaching these people who have struggled with addiction uh, to learn and recognize what their triggers are. You know, what, what triggers you or makes you start thinking about that thing that you're addicted to or that, that sin that, that you uh, keep going back to. And we all have those triggers for various things. Uh, we all have different sins that we struggle with and and part of being successful in overcoming those is recognizing what these things are and so the bible helps us answer that we're told to examine ourselves second corinthians 13 5 again this is part of how we keep ourselves how we protect ourselves how we uh, can put up a hedge around ourselves to help protect us is through self-examination and, and realizing and understanding uh, where our struggles are. Second Corinthians uh, chapter 13 and verse 5. <clears throat> Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are disqualified? Uh, Peter says it again. In Second Peter chapter one. Second Peter chapter one, starting in verse three. <coughs> hmm. Maybe it's first Peter. Let me look back at first Peter. Yeah, I don't know where that came from. I had to get back with you on what Peter says. <laughs> um, but the the point we're talking about here in examining ourselves uh, is remembering that these temptations come from our desires. And so not only are we examining ourselves to see if we have some sin that, that uh, we need to repent of and get forgiveness for, uh, but we're examining ourselves to see and thinking about what causes us to sin. How did I end up getting involved in that? What led me to that? And think about that and, and prepare yourselves to, to stay away from that and avoid that next time. Don't put ourselves into situations or around people that tempt us to do wrong things. Uh, think about the things we expose ourselves to. Uh, do the things that... 
uh, we watch on TV, does that direct our mind towards godly things or towards worldly things? Um, do the things that with the music we listen to, does that direct our mind towards godly things or worldly things? Uh, do the things you read on your phone, same thing. Or is that focusing your attention towards godly things or towards uh, things of the world? Uh, all of those type things, we have to examine our own lives. We have to recognize what, what uh, temptations we have, what our desires are. We need to try to get our desires in check and move them from desiring things of the world to desiring spiritual things. And as we do that, I think we will be more successful in, in putting away the things that lead us away and building these hedges around things that tempt us. And, and we will be able to, to better keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Uh, as God expects us to. You know, we're told that we're to be in the world but not part of the world. We're not to be conformed to the world, and that, that's really what a lot of what we've been talking about uh, is this morning. And we started off talking about uh, blamelessness or having no spots. And there's only one way that we can really, in God's sight, ever be blameless, and that's through the blood of His Son, the forgiveness that's offered uh, through Jesus and the sacrifice that He made for us is the only way we can be washed clean, that those spots can be removed. And thanks be to God that He's provided that way, uh, that uh, He's told us that way, given us that way in His Word, and that we can understand uh, the things that we need to do to be saved. And so I know... Uh, Oftentimes we say this, but we offer the opportunity anytime we're together for one who has never obeyed the gospel, never uh, had his sins washed away through baptism and uh, become one of God's children to do that. Uh, and for those of us who have done that, uh, many times we fail God and we understand that and we still need his forgiveness and he's promised us that forgiveness when we repent of those sins and come to him asking for that forgiveness, and, and uh, we offer that opportunity also for anyone who may need to do that or just needs the prayers and encouragement of the brethren here. We would be glad to assist you. If you'll just let that no be known as we stand and sing. It's the grandest theme through the ages.